Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! hear the sound of them sirens folks thank you for listening to another edition of the outsider's edge here on the chair shot radio network this is not your boy rants aka ray cash this is mr kyle morris however i do this have is your boy, boy Rance, ray, ray, ray cash <laughs> sorry go ahead i was gonna say i do have my boy rants here tonight because you know i love him um but because i wasn't sure and because I also love him, um, I went ahead and made sure that I also phoned in our good friend and recurring guest, Mr. Darren Mags Kirkby. How you doing tonight, sir? The turd that will not flush. How are you guys? <laughs> well, you know, really what this was <laughs> is Rance has been ducking Mags for a little Ooh. while. And so Mags, like, show me up on the I mean, low. Hit we me can up shoot on, the on that if you want. We can no. shoot on that. No. I, I am I'm willing to air that dirty laundry. I Ray turning up on every other podcast bar his own. That he, that he started with little old me leaving me out in the lurch. And he's rocking Just up everywhere. Just because you said that, I'm calling Tanner, I'm calling Ori, I'm calling everybody you work with and going to be on there with them before I come back to head drama. <laughs> Since you out here trying to pull, trying to start these lies and 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 just this, this defamation of character. It's just good to finally hear your voice and see your face at the same time instead of just one tear rolling down as I'm listening to you talking on bandwagon nerds. That, that that one thug tear just just coming down the side of your face. Yeah, no, it's it's good to be back with both my brothers, man. Because you two are my you, you're my aces, so it's good to kind of have us all back together in memory of the the third member of our brother who may never come back. I mean, Carl. you know, and he'll never listen to this show either. So don't even do us no good to shout him out. <laughs> Won't hey, come man, back. Man, Won't you know. listen. Um, so is, anyway, it, is it Outsider Max now? Is, is are we calling him Outsider Max? Is that what we're I doing? mean, you know, no, 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 no. Mags is like Mags is like that recurring guest character who never joins the main cast because it would just fuck things up. But oh, like, so in the credits, he's it's and Darren yeah. Max. So, also so you say I'm I'm the Janice of this team. That's what you're saying. I'm not a real friend. I'm just the Janice. Well, you know, I, I feel brother. like you're more Gunter than Janice. Yeah. Because, like, Gunter what? was at least allowed to associate and be with the crew. 
<laughs> we don't uh, shit oh, on no. you. We don't shit on you behind your back. I, I feel no, I know you have to buy a he's cut off one of you. <laughs> no, you know who you are. In the last few seasons, you're Paul Rudd. You're Mike. Oh yeah. Does I mean, that mean he? Does that mean he's discovered I, the fountain of youth and he'll never age? I mean, you, you don't know, but Mags is seventy five. <laughs> I feel seventy five. Believe. Me. <laughs> um. So. A lot of shit has gone down in the last week, y'all. Like, a whole lot of shit. And what you would expect to be a slow news week ends up not being a slow news week. So, you know, we're just going to start where it seems like we've been starting every week for the last couple of months. Um, Nick Khan is on one again. Uh, This time, the victim of the Nick Khan cuts was none other than the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Just let the fuck go. In in what were called budget cuts, which feels so dubious because, like, I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not saying that you're not doing it to cut expenses, but it just feels so dubious that you're still making budget cuts when you're on all of these fucking investor calls quarter after quarter after quarter talking about your record revenues and it's just like y'all just stay making these cuts mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's not even the first time he's been on one of these uh cut lists uh according to multiple news sources he's been yeah. on the list to be cut before and um somebody higher up has, has, has scratched him off the list and this time uh vince hasn't made that decision and he's uh is um, give Nick the the go ahead to to cut him. Um, news came out, I think it was late yesterday, that he was actually on a multi million uh, dollar deal, which he re-signed last year. Um, and he's also been kind of a refusing uh, storyline comebacks. So yeah, it's it's another case of uh, doing a cost bu- uh, versus benefit analysis. And Nick Khan and them figures says that Bray Wyatt is not worth what they're paying out for him. Well, you brought something up, and I'm going to kick it to you, Rance, here after I... Um, Max, you brought something up talking about he's been apparently uh, refusing comeback storylines. Um, what had been reported is that Bray has grown increasingly protective of his gimmick and of his character in light of not really liking a lot of the booking decisions that have been happening of late. So, Rance, I'm going to kick it to you, and I want to get your thoughts on, number one, do you believe those rumors? And number two, if you're Bray Wyatt, do you feel the same way? I, I believe the rumors, if, if for no other reason, Bray has been... Bray is in a unique situation, because every other character on that show is built or or pushed or... or or come up with by the WWE. Even those who had characters from outside of the WWE, there's something that is WWE-ified yeah. that, is, that is pushed and creatively created and used, brought forward by the WWE. All three of Bray's characters, Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt, Firefly Flunhouse, Bray Wyatt, and The Fiend, are all from his mind. And so, while he's had fantastic success 
amazing success. He'll go down as one of the most successful WWE superstars in history. That's a fact. That the creative hasn't worked probably properly in his mind or for him, or he hasn't done the things that he probably thought he should have been doing. And a lot of fans feel the same way because WWE doesn't know how to book them because it's not their, it's not their idea. They don't know what to do with it, where to go. Bray has even talked in some uh, interviews about he wanted to do this, this, that, that, and that because that was the plan for it. And they went a different way. Now there's no, he said, she said, he's right. He's not right. None of that. I'm just speaking what it is. So if I'm Bray, you just signed a major contract, which before <laughs> the pandemic meant you was good money forever, right? They wouldn't release nobody till pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So you thought you was good because you you made such a high dollar sign. You sell top five merch in the company at some points, probably the highest, you know. So I, I'd, I'd imagine he thought, well, shit, I'm, I got a little leverage. I'm going to just chill until I get something I like. So, and it turned out to be his demise. And I don't blame him for doing that because we speak about it all the time. Kyle's very adamant about it. The little leverage you have, you ain't got no leverage with the company. Use what you got. I got no problem with that. Well, you also bring up Something else that I think is an important lesson to glean from this release in particular. Ain't no such thing as safe now. No, not no more. Mm-mm. Like, like you could maybe, make arguments. Maybe, maybe a handful. And I said it, uh, the last lot of releases. I think there's possibly five wrestlers who are bulletproof. Who are the five? May, that may now be yeah, three. Name that may now five, be name, three. All right, name them. So, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but just name them. Uh, Roman. Yeah. Okay. Seth. Okay. Cena. He's not full time. He's full time now, so he's back on my screens. I could maybe. I agree. can see him. I could maybe agree with Roman, and I do agree with Cena more so. Be more so because of Cena than because of anything else. Um, but like. Honestly, I know he's been champ and uh, pr- prominently used forever and blah, 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 blah. But, like, if they're willing to let Bray go and they're willing to let Dean Ambrose go and they're willing to let Braun Strowman go, then, like, I feel like this company would let Seth Rollins go if it came well, down to it. Well, let me say this real quick. I don't want to be the well actually guy, but they didn't let Ambrose go. Ambrose walked away. I the, the, the the The... The, yeah, the Bray and the Bray and Braun, you make salient points, but the difference is, this is a major difference when you look at people like Bray and Braun. Seth has never hurt, with the exception that one time that he he messes knee up. Seth works every day, right? So I can understand Seth. My the three people I would say with with a maybe four is Roman ain't going nowhere. Roman is Cena to them. Roman is Rock. Roman is dealt hit the guy. Charlotte and Becky are, are are foolproof. They'll never be released unless they want to go. I don't think they'll ever cut them for any with, reason. With Charlotte, it's getting more and more likely that she'd be the one to jump. Well, yeah, no, we're talking releases. Now, no, yeah, anybody yeah. can walk away, but I don't <laughs> think WWE will release them for anything. And mm-hmm. I am on the fence about Sasha being the fourth 
And I can see Seth being a fifth, but I, I don't know if anybody else outside of those, maybe depending on how much they appreciate what Bianca has done in the past year, maybe she's reached to that stratosphere. But those five are like the, the Rushmore of WWE right now. Mm-hmm. Seth, I mean, Roman, and then the, all due respect to Bailey, but she's hurt right now, so I don't include her in this conversation. I, I, I would probably think that AJ is probably as close to bulletproof as you can get as well. AJ is Vince's favorite wrestler. That's, mm-hmm. And it's came out, let's come out of his mouth. Vince has said, if I had AJ Styles 20 years ago, I'd be, a, I'd be in a great situation. And if I had a roster full of AJ Styles, I'd have the best roster in the world. But this so is I, also the same Vince who told uh, Alistair Black that he loves his creative and that he, he thinks he's amazing then. But by the way, wait, you, wait, you wait. <laughs> who? Don't Eggs. do that. Come on, man. Can we stop that shit? You, come on, man. Can we stop it now? Can I don't we stop know. That? I don't know who that is. Was, next time I see you, I'm going to punch you in the jaw because of that shit. Damn. Hate on it. For the record, Vince probably really does. Get, give me just 30 seconds for a quick tangent. We're going to speak about it more on the next subject. But the biggest failure of WWE is the middle management, the people between Vince and even the Nick Khans and the wrestlers. I'm talking the Canyon Siemens, who we're going to speak about in a minute. I'm talking the Mark Caranos, right? Same they're, the, they're the biggest issues because I truly believe in my soul. Alistair has said, Malachi, Tommy, whatever you call him, has said just as much. They... Whole, he wholeheartedly believes in his heart. This was behind him. But Nick Khan hit some numbers and said, hey, he got to go. Well, yeah. you the CFO and the president. What am I What I'm going to do? So, you know what I'm saying? Bottom line is bottom line. That don't mean he didn't believe what he said. So, you know, and you say, you mentioned Bray was on the list. On the two, it's on two people who would have taken him off that list and didn't say shit. And that's either Hunter or maybe Vince. Yeah, um, I, I don't even. Th- I think after Hunter brought some of Joe back from from the depths, I don't. Think oh, he got heat, dog. You heard he, he got, got shit for that. So I don't yeah. think he would have he would have vetoed Bray. I think it was Vince that think, vetoed Bray. I'm gonna be perfectly honest, and I mean, like, I know he's an executive within the company, and blah 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 blah. I don't think Hunter's is on board with a lot of these talent decisions, as no. might be believed by people i think hunter is very much i think hunter is still very much in a position of well if daddy says that's what we gonna do then i guess that's what we gonna do i think daddy crazy but like if that's what he says we gonna do he's in the shit like he was after the curtain call was in the shit yes you gotta deal with he he's always had the stance and i actually i respect it because he's been honest about it i don't agree with half the shit this man does Mm -hmm. He writes the checks. Exactly. I can't say anything against it. I'll tell him my piece. I'll say how I feel. And I believe the reason Bray got cut was because Hunter knew he couldn't save him no more because he got shit for the for Samoa Joe thing. Mm-hmm. See, so, I didn't know Hunter got shit for the Samoa Joe thing. I've been oh, out of the loop on he that. Got he got oh. heat. Yeah, he, he, was, he was told off like a red-headed stepchild. Well... Maybe don't get rid of one of the most valuable assets you have as a company. But before we go on to uh, another topic, I do want to, I mean, this release wound up the the RWC uh, and a couple of uh, big stars 
uh, got involved. Uh, first of all, <laughs> Chelsea Green. Where you're going? <laughs> Chelsea Green showing just her her whole ass yet again. Using Can I say this real quick? Go on. I'd like to. I'd like to see her whole ass. I just want. Yeah, to I know. That. But you're terrible, toxic. <laughs> But showed how much of a, of a, a self-serving idiot she can be sometimes, uh, making Bray's release about her. Um, Mickey James went off, and I mean she went off. Uh, but the more she made that, a few, she made a few salient points. Yeah, she made oh, a yeah, few salient yeah, points. Absolutely, she did. But the main one for me, uh, and it was the one that probably caused the most uh, ruckus in the RWC, was the Ronda Rousey one. Uh, Homegirls stay. Home, I, I give her credit for this. Homegirls stay having heat with the fan base. Yeah, like, so I give her a lot of credit. She, she go looking for the smoke. So she essentially said that uh, the same fans who were chanting for, for Wyatt on the, the last episode of Raw were exactly the same ones that were, were chanting for beach balls when uh, Wyatt was, uh, was uh, wrestling. And if the WWE treated him as if he was expendable, it's because you ungrateful idiots did it first. Now, she got some fire. Ooh, she read but, the fuck out the IWC. But when you when you get over the kind of like um, the the outrage from it, she actually does make a lot of interesting points. Oh, the she fact- read them for Phil. She read mm-hmm. them for Phil. Well, I mean, the the biggest one for me is the fact that. Um, the the chanting for for beach balls over over Bray, um, and they did that. Um, somebody posted up the the um, uh, the Wrestling Observer Awards that that Bray has won. Uh, and the worst. Yep. Most well, overrated. I mean... Worst gimmick 2017. Worst gimmick 2020. Worst feud of the year 2017. Worst feud of the year 2019. Worst feud of the year 2020. Worst work match of the year 2014 and 2017 and 2019 and 2020. And these are fan-voted awards. So the fans have shit on Bray as much as anybody. So... For everybody who was, we want Bray. Oh yeah, Bray's. Uh, oh, he's our boy since day one. You you didn't prove that. Yeah, the booking was terrible, but you were chanting for fucking beach balls. Obviously, the WWE are going to say these wrestlers in the ring can't keep this audience interested. It's their fault. That's how they look at it. It's a business. So I think there are oh. two. Pro- I think there are two different problems within the audience of WWE shows specifically. There are two different problems. One problem is the company's fault, and one problem is not the company's fault. The problem that is not the company's fault, I mean, you people are going to argue that it is their fault from a long-term perspective, but I argue it's not directly their fault now, is people go to especially televised WWE events with the express purpose of antagonizing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is their whole reason for being like cesaro had to jump into the stands a couple years ago to rip a beach ball in fucking half because people were because people were so much more interested in the fucking beach ball than they were in the event happening in the ring so like that part is not the company's fault and for the people that want to say well maybe if the company would book things that were more compelling and blah 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 the fans wouldn't want to do that now fuck that miss me with that because y'all were bound and determined to like shit on this before you even got here Mm -hmm. because you brought some fucking beach balls you brought some beach balls to take over the show (laughs) 
Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler, a, a match people begged for, a match love, a match people loved, a few people enjoyed, and 50, uh, what was it, a 15 minute Iron Man match? And four in two minutes into the match, you're you're more obsessed with the with the with the clock. Yeah. Well, that the, well, the, I mean, hit him with the bigger one. Hit him with the bigger one. Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk wasn't that one of the lowest buy rate pay per views that the company had had up to that point? Yes, but to be fair, that was the same show with with uh, John Cena versus John Lawrence. Oh, no, so, no, 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 Punk and Brian. You know I love Punk and Brian. <laughs> well, I love Brian. I, I tolerate Punk. I love Brian. Yeah. Um, I'm not blaming them. I'm saying this is a yet another example of this fan base constantly says they want something, says they, they demand something, and then when they get the thing that they want, they shit on it, which tells well, me they're 2013, yeah. ready to shit on this before yep. it even happens. So you can miss me with that. That's not the company's fault. What is the company's Fickle. fault? What is the company's fault? We criticize AEW a lot because it's all sugar all the time. Sometimes WWE doesn't give you enough sugar in a televised show, especially. And the, that they're gi- and the sugar that they're giving you is not even real sugar. It's corn syrup. <laughs> because if I'm watching, because if I'm watching, it's Splendor. Same, yeah, yeah, it's Candorel. <laughs> the same match for the tenth week in a row. Same not even this, half the calories. Not a different gimmick. We just going in circles and circles and circles. This is Diet Coke. Yeah. Diet Coke tastes better than that, bro. That, it's, it's unsweetened tea. Yeah. So like, a and so, well, it's so like it's it's the opposite extreme of AEW's problem. AEW's genuine issue is it's too much all the time, and they really don't have to remove a lot. I really believe that you don't have to remove a lot. I'm talking take. I'm talking take one segment out per episode. The Cody and segment. the time. And the, yeah, the Cody segments. Take the one Cody segment out per episode and the 10 minutes that that segment would get allowed to space out across the rest of the two hours suddenly lets your your moments breathe more. Yeah. And will give them the intended effect. WWE gives you too much time to breathe. And we know this because we talk about it on the show all the time. If I had a choice between going to a televised WWE show, not a pay-per-view, a televised WWE show, or going to a house show, I want to go to a house show. Going to going to Raw or SmackDown in the live audience, a lot of the time is boring. There's a lot of there's a lot of sitting around. There's a lot of moments, especially in the way that they tape the shows now. There's a lot of moments where it's like somebody comes out for what's going to be the start of a match right before a commercial break, and then you and them awkwardly stand there for the duration of the commercial break. Then they come back from the commercial break to a segment, not even the entrance for the opponent, to a segment. Then they play the entrance music for the people that we watched enter 15 minutes ago. Yeah. And it's, it's a just problem. Like, and it's like, so from that perspective, that is the company's fault. You are dragging things in a way that is pulling my attention. It's a problem. It's absolutely a problem. And it's something that 
everybody speaks about, everybody knows about. But also, too, WWE and AEW, if we're just speaking about these two particular companies, are catering to different groups of people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They have two and totally different audiences that they're looking at. The, the, the one positive of the unsweetened tea that is WWE is, at any point of the show, when you watch it, you are caught up on what happened. Yeah, AEW. That's true. You got to rewind that motherfucking, or get on Twitter or something. That's true. They you do can it, tune in. It's over. <laughs> you you can tune in to the ten o'clock hour of Raw and get a quick recap of the first two hours. Anything yeah. that you needed to see. Nope. You cannot be a goldfish and watch AEW. You need a long term no, memory. <laughs> God no. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Got to be you've, got to, you've got to start from the beginning, and like never you can't blink. Even go, you can't just even skip match the sticks like that. Just permanently well, match you can't sticks. Even skip the segments because like they're laying like Easter eggs so thick. Like the elite's promo segment, the backstage one. You got Omega wearing a Cookie Monster shirt. C is for Cookie. The you got fucking, from yeah. the Bucks. Yeah, you got Doc Gallows in goddamn Ric Flair's robe. Carl Anderson had on a a, a, a Bollywood Boys t-shirt. Yeah, like, <laughs> they just got Easter eggs all over the fucking place. So it's just like, well, shit, I can't even fast forward through this. I gotta, like, pick out all of the little things to see, like, oh. what they're trying to hint at. And then you gotta go catch BTE when it comes out to understand the other 30% of what that meant. Well, because, no, you know. No, I'm glad you brought up BTE. I'm glad you brought up BTE because there's a certain ghost from BTE and like he may or may not come back from the dead, y'all. Um, so oh, you got the shirt. I just noticed. And I'm I'm gonna burn this afterwards. <laughs> so um, it's not rumor, it's not conjecture, it's facts. Somehow Adam Cole's contract was allowed to expire. Ooh. <laughs> Um, somehow Adam Cole's contract was allowed to expire and he is currently working on the, the, the end of a one month extension that he signed so that he could wrap up Kyle O'Reilly's stuff in, uh, at TakeOver because him and Kyle O'Reilly are good friends and he doesn't want to like fuck over Kyle like that. Well, he Adam could have walked. He could have Oh done, yeah, he could have just been like, all right, I'm done, bye. Or a, or a Rick Rude and shown up on the other show. No questions asked. Wow. How do you let this happen? Uh, I believe that, uh, is it called uh, Canyon uh, Cayman, the, the vice Cayman president of Canyon Seaman, um, the, the vice president of talent development, he was fired because of this contract. Well, yeah, you, you got it. Well, of course, you've got, to fire, you've got to fire a kid come after that. I mean, it was right there. I mean, me and Platt made the joke yesterday with the same thing. It's, it's, it's right fruit. there. It's, it's low hanging fruit. It's right there. Um, <laughs> so it's okay. Um, okay. So yeah, we're gonna talk about Kane Sim in a minute, but but think about this. JTG kept a job for like three years, and he was never on TV. And they Adam Cole's contract runs out, and people are like, wait a minute, what mm-hmm. happened here? Yeah, um, I mean, Bo Dallas's contact kept getting re-upped, and yet Adam Cole's didn't. Well, Bo, yeah. Bo Dallas is a rotunda. The rotundas are WWE royalty. Well, not anymore. Well, 
Good point. Fall by Stewart. It's It's a great point. I I will say this. If there's ever a way to earn, simultaneously earn the most equity in a company and leverage, Adam Cole has the most equity and leverage of any star. You know what gives him extra leverage? Well, you know what gives him extra leverage? Unlike a lot of the people who come and go from WWE, they let him keep his name when he came in. And the thing is, he has been using the name Adam Cole for so fucking long that they have no chance to keep him from taking it back with him because that was his IP and had remained his IP. And I want to say something about that because I'm tired of this. I'm tired of these people wanting being one race and playing a person of another race. Adam, just be black, bro. Just be who you are. We know what it is. Stop Austin hiding. Jenkins. Don't no, no, hide right from now. your true Hold self. Right. Grant, he's negotiating a contract with rich white people. Right. Strike it from the record. Stenographer, strike that from the record. So do, does he stay or does he go? I mean, well, they, so there's pros and cons to both for him. If yeah. I'm him, if I'm him, here's what it comes down to, legitimately. And I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on NXT here, even though it might sound like I am. If they want me to stay in NXT, I'm out, dog. I'm out because, because at the end of the day, I can earn comparable money to NXT money. Going to AEW, going to Ring of Honor, going to Impact, MLW, MLW, and I can make all the extra money doing bookings on the side with all these other places because I'm one of the biggest names in wrestling, period, end of story. And I'm a free agent, free agent, because my contract expired, so ain't nobody got to sit on me, ain't nobody got to wait for my heat to die. Like, nah, I'm still that motherfucker. Crowd, like, crowds can't wait for something for you to play and to scream, bay, bay. Like... Hey, something, something, uh, something what is it? Something to love you. you? Something for you? Something it's for still you out there. It's a great fucking song. Still Way out there. Better. Um, but anyway, so like, if I'm him, that's my thing. If you want me to stay in NXT, nah, man, I'm out. I'm out. You can worry about, oh, is Vince McMahon going to fuck him up on the main roster here? All you want. Nah, I want my million dollar downside. <laughs> I want to be on Raw or SmackDown. Or I want my half a million dollar downside. Okay, my quarter million, million, million dollar price. downside. He ain't mentioning Raw. There's nowhere this motherfucker saying, yeah, I'd like to go to Raw. He's saying, smack down. <laughs> no, see? <laughs> hey, you, 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 you got to use reverse psychology. Put me on SmackDown, boss. I mean, put, put, me on, put me on Raw, boss. I want to be the guy to save Raw. I don't know about that, boss. I don't know about that, Adam. I think I'm going to send you to SmackDown, pal. And then you're like, whoo. You got reverse psychology. The issue is always going to be though: will he be will he be utilized on main roster? I mean, the guy's four foot eleven. No way, oh. he's Hornswoggle <laughs> four six, dog. What are you talking exactly, about? Exactly, exactly. And Hornswoggle never got near the world title. Listen, Hornswoggle retired the cruiserweight championship. What are you Mags, talking about? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. As as our resident homosexual host, let me say this. Adam Cole bag Britt Baker D M D. He don't have to be six foot tall. No, I mean, but and that. It's like I can tell you this, Doctor Britt Baker fine as fuck. Even I, I know that. 
I can tell you this. Adam Cole is a black man, so he is six foot tall. <laughs> In all the places that count. Did you miss me? Did y'all miss me? But you, How could you, they miss you? You've been yeah, here the last two weeks. I mean, you, you mentioned you, uh, you, you mentioned Britt, and that's going to be one of the biggest reasons why he would go over to AEW. But yeah. he's also incredibly friendly with pretty much all of the EVPs over there. So he yeah. would be a made man in AEW. Can I tell you why I think that's the last place he goes? I think it's the last place he goes because where does Adam Cole fit? In AEW. I know Adam Cole's a huge star. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, AEW's already crowded at the top. It's already got a whole shit ton of people that they don't have enough time and segments for as it is. And there's rumors that they're bringing in Punk, that they brought in Danielson, that, you know, they might be interested in some of these other bigger names. They're about to bring in Ruby Riot for their women's division, which I think is a fire fucking signing for their women's mm-hmm. division. Yeah. That is an awesome move. Um, but, like, from a card standpoint, it's awful crowded over there. And I mean, as much as I'm good friends with a lot of the people that run it, I can, again, make comparably decent money with an easy enough work schedule at, like, five other companies where I am the undisputed star. Or one of the two or three undisputed stars. Or make more money than a company that I've worked three, four years to build my name in. Either one. Either one. My thing is just, it's my thoughts of Adam Cole not going to AEW has nothing to do with his relationships within AEW. Because if this was just about relationships, relationships, AEW clearly... Yeah, AEW clearly makes the most sense because, like, we know that Adam Cole is good friends with Kyle O'Reilly. We know he's good friends with Kevin Owens and Sami yeah. Zayn um, and all the Cesaro. Mid two thousand ring of Yeah, Cesaro, Xavier Woods. Like, we know he's boy. cool. He, we know he's cool with all of that crew. But we also know that his boo boo thing is the AEW Women's Champion. He's like best friends with the members of the elite. He's like, we've seen him on videos after Brody had passed away doing like wrestling shit with Brody Jr. at the backstage at the shows. Like, we know he's tight with all those people. So, if this were just about who he's friends with, that's obviously where he would be. I'm glad you brought that up because he may go to AEW because he got to get his win back against negative one. I mean, he got to get his win back. Because Brody Jr. did No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The forbidden door is wide open, so he doesn't have to go to AEW to get his win back from minus one. He could go to Impact or New Japan or Ring of Honor and still get his win back against negative one. How hilarious would it be if 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 Lil Brody and I'm I'm being I'm being funny now, but if Lil Brody gets grown, uh I hope he does become a wrestler because the kid's is great at what he does. Gets trained and signs events. Would that not be the funniest shit in the world? I mean, that would be funny, but in all seriousness, though, Adam Cole, let me see Adam Cole take the leadership of the Bullet Club from our leader, the Switchblade, and then lead the Bullet Club against the Elite. Let me see it. I mean, 
we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, New Japan's big stars are, are strong now. It could happen. They could oh, I mean, I, I don't really taping. care if they do it or not. <laughs> and and uh, give me give me more Jay White. Give me more Jason. Well, I mean, I, always so, give me more Jay White. We we've made we've we've talked a lot about him to AEW, which again makes a lot of sense for him. Why I think he'll stay with WWE is for this this reason. Number one, they'll pay him the most. Number one. Number two, and most importantly, I think much is much much is made about the land of the giants moniker that WWE has, or the concern of how he'll be treated on the main roster. I think that's much ado about nothing because I understand the the biggest stars in the company's history, with the exception of Austin, even though Austin is a bigger guy, but he's not big, are all big dudes. I get that. On the big made the major shows, with the exception of the Rumble, like the major shows, they go with the big guys. I get that. But 90% of the year, going back to 84, 85 with Macho and Piper. The company is run by the smaller guys. The smaller guys are the people Vince trusts to run his company. I, I just mentioned Macho, Sean, uh, Brent. I know people don't say Rollins is small, but he's small compared to the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. Brian and Punk, AJ. He's, it's run by those guys. Those are the guys Vince trusts to get him from point A to point B. Adam Cole is going to be as good as Finn Balor was on the main roster. He's going to be continuously used. Will he be a superstar, like a world champion? He may get there, but he Vince is going to love him because two reasons. Number one, everybody will tell you he's the easiest motherfucker to work with. Number two, he's going to get over and do anything you ask him to do to get over. If Vince loves AJ Styles, who's closer to AJ Styles than and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. And, and this. I'm sorry, real quick. One thing. Adam Cole can talk. AJ couldn't. He had to learn to talk. I'm sorry. That's all you, Max. No, I was, I was just going to say there's one kind of like, uh, thing that, that we haven't uh, mentioned and a, a major reason why I, th- I think he could possibly stick with the WWE. He's made it abundantly clear that one of his goals in wrestling is to have a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. And he has not had that yet. You know who else in, in this same discussion? We haven't brought them up yet, but like they need to get Pete Dunn re-signed. The fuck are you doing? Pete Dunn is only twenty-seven years old. The they, fuck they, are you doing? The question now, see the difference between him and a guy like Adam Cole is even though Adam Cole does not have deficient in, definition in his abs, you know Adam Cole isn't six foot two or six foot three. Adam Cole is a larger than life character because all you gotta do is put a mic in his hand. All you got to do is give him 15 minutes in a match. And he's a larger-than-life character. Don't you dare disrespect Pete Dunne, the reincarnation of William Regal. Well, look, I love me some Pete Dunne. Just I, like will I, not tolerate, Regal. I will not tolerate the slander. My man's is not larger-than-life. He has just learned to, to, use, to use the, the English language because before... You don't even know your, if, if, if bruv could talk. Thing, the only <laughs> bad thing, the only bad thing about Pete Dunn is that he's English. <laughs> By oh. the way. And he you, is from the black country. I'm about to say, <laughs> did you see him? Did you see him growing up uh, out there in the black country with you? 
Well, how shout can out, shout out to Dudley England. How can he grow up with Mags if Mags is like 75 years old? Yeah. Oh, Mags is his grandpa. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I, <laughs> I told him all he knows. I wouldn't like, be surprised. You know, I know you. you I know, thought he was a, I think he was a hell of a grappler. Y'all started him wrestling over there at like 12. So, like, who the fuck knows? And Y'all hey, young over there. And while you're playing, this, this is a shoot, brother, brother. Mags' son is the welterweight champion of the world of of England, black country-ish. I don't know the name of the nice. federation he's in. But I so, I mean, you know. Cycle. Yeah. The, so, I'm just saying. The, the International Combat Organization. Anytime I can put over Carlos, I'll put over Carlos. I love that kid. Shout out to Carlos. Yeah. He's a, he's a superstar. I mean, I, how could he not be with a dad like you? Oh, <laughs> see, we love you, man. That's cute. Can you see Pete on the main roster? Legit. Just and I'm not I'm not taking anything away from him. But you oh, you, you Pete's if, a mid-card. If Adam Cole is sure. small, Pete Dunn is four inches shorter than Adam Cole. Oh, Pete's a mid carder for sure. He's well, a work. Do you think he could do you think he could do you think he'd la- he'd work on the main roster though? Sure. Yeah, because really? he, he, his his skills are legit. I mean, and, you, you could tear down a six foot always find... wrestler with with uh, the the way he grapples. And yeah. the type of the type of character that he portrays best is a serious, angry heel. Yeah. And his style of wrestling is such that it's believable against people bigger than him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have no questions or concerns about him in the main roster, but. In in summary, though, like these are the kinds of these are the kinds of moves that you can't fuck up and do. It, it's one thing that you make in a bunch of like vindictive cuts that don't make a whole lot of sense to a lot of us as it is. But it's another thing entirely to have somebody who's just not paying a fucking attention and allowing important people's contracts to run out. And and it's not even if, if it's uh, an anomaly. It's happening. Way too many times now that people's contracts are being allowed to just expire and nothing's getting done about it. This is a a billion dollar company. How is it being run like this? Ridiculous. The problem is, I think the EVPs are on point. I don't. I don't think that Vince or Stephen Hunter or Nick Khan or even everybody's favorite Bucky Beaver Kevin Dunn or any of the people on the board and in, in EVPs. I don't think they have any problems. Problem is, the people, and I, I don't mean any diss to people to like. I'm not talking about the producers or um, or like Matt Bloom and Sarah and Sarah Del Rey. I'm talking about these people. I'm talking about the people, the pencil pushers in between, who are supposed to. You can even include the writers, include them in this. The people who are in between Vince and the EVPs and the bottom level talent people, who are supposed to carry out these things and and. Like, for example, in my job, like, if something goes wrong in IT, and where I'm at, well, yeah, I'm going to be on the hook for it, but it's not going to be me, and it ain't going to be the, ain't gonna be the guy over, like, the, the, the CIO. It's going to be the supervisor, because it's, it's his job, or her job, depending on where you're at, to make sure this shit is flowing. That's where WWE has the biggest failure in their company is they seem to have god awful middle management and i don't i don't i will never ever come on this spot caping for somebody's job i don't want nobody to ever lose their job 
because I understand how hard it is in the streets not having a job. I hope they get a different job doing something else and we get better people in this one because it is a failure of massive proportions. Just look at the Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy situation. They forgot that they didn't cross over. Like, my man was gone in 30 days. Well, it was supposed to be 90 days because they forgot to flip it over when he got called up and all these things. Like, it's just stupid. So, yeah, it's just failures of, of massive proportions. And that's not on Vince. That's not on Nikon. That's not on these people. That's on the middle management. It comes back to the people at the top, though, for one reason and one reason only. You hired them motherfuckers. It's their company. You damn right about that. Got you hired facts, facts on facts on facts. So, um, we're gonna take a quick break, y'all, to play, uh, pay some bills, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, reshoots prior to the Thunderdome, and a little bit about that awful Max Caster rap. Before we go, you sitting at home on your listening device, you may not be at home. You may be on the car, maybe on the run, maybe in the back of a car being kidnapped. Wherever you are, when you have the chance, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash the chair shot and buy some fantastic chair shot merchandise. I heard from a little birdie that there is a promo code summertime. Save you some money on your fantastic chair shot merch, possibly hashtag journalism. That's our shirt for the record. Uh-huh. Put it on your epidermis. Even get even get his soft style so Miranda Morales can be happy. Hi, Miranda. Uh com slash chair shot. You love it. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thanks for letting us pay those bills, y'all. And again, if you enjoy the show, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star review. Um, y'all, as you well know, any kind of entertainment that gets created involves a lot of production effort. There's a lot that goes into filming, editing, recording, and producing, and ultimately sending out any kind of entertainment media whether it's a podcast, 
whether it's an album, whether it's a TV show, a movie, any of that. Um, and of course, wrestling is no exception to that. But we have heard from the recently released members of Everrise. They gave an interview over the last couple of days where they talked a little bit about excessive reshoots of matches and spots in the early stages of the pandemic when WWE was filming from the Performance Center. And, ooh, man, some of this stuff that they were talking about is rough. So specifically, um, specifically, one of the things that stood out to me, before we get into the reshoots themselves, one of the things that stood out to me was when they were talking about them filming multiple shows all at once, which in and of itself is not necessarily all that big a deal or even a bad thing. But they were talking about they had them at the Performance Center from like 8, 9 a.m. to almost midnight shooting episode after episode after episode doing reshoots and reruns and re-edits. And it's just like that to me. See, y'all can tell me how y'all feel about it. But that before we get even into the reshoots part, to me, that seems like a real shit work environment. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, they don't kind of go into detail how many uh, days concurrently that they had to do this, uh, but from the the kind of uh, the way that the the interview went, it seems like they were doing this multiple times over a week to be doing like essentially sixteen hour days nonstop. Um, yeah, that it's that's a hell of a lot of time. And then they, when they're talking about um, uh, the reshoots, uh, they they talk about a, a particular match between Otis and Baron Corbin, which they had had them redo the entire match three times just for sp- specific spots. So they couldn't just say, right, we need you to refilm that spot, or we'll catch it from the cam- uh, the camera angle and kind of edit it in. No, these guys were doing the full match. Over and over and over again, yeah, it's uh, that's some that's some hard damn work. Well, Rance, I want to shoot this one to you first. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on all of this? <clears throat> I don't want to sound flippant, like I don't have sympathy. Yeah, I, well, I, de- I never want to sound flippant, even though I'm sure I do on the show. <laughs> you know. But I don't want to sound like I don't care because this is definitely not what you want out of a work environment. But given that these shows were taped, given that there's no live crowd interaction situation, it essentially turned into a movie shoot. If you are an actor on a movie shoot, this is what you do on a movie, right? If they were, uh, if if I'm speaking about Everrise or the show in particular, because this is the first I ever heard of it. Literally, I hadn't I hadn't heard of this story at all till literally this second when you brought it up. I saw it on the rundown and didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. So like this is my first time really hearing this. So I know you mentioned this Everrise uh, or the show again, the sh- what they are now 2.0. 2.0. But, yeah, made their dynamite you. They did, and they got the ass beat in a very entertaining way. Um, but if they were, let's say, actors or stunt doubles on a movie shoot, it would be literally this. So I'm not so, saying. Well, so I, I, you're not wrong, but I want to push back on that 
statement because you've put the you have said it yourself the qualifier there if if they're not they're wrestlers and here's why that matters that matters because if i'm a wrestler and i'm accustomed to a wrestling work environment i'm used to doing maybe two shows maybe three shows at most you're not concurrently you're spot on that's very factual but you have to understand that the world changed. Everybody had to do things differently. Like if that was the case that they did without the COVID make COVID gives an excuse for so much shit in the world because you can't say, you know, uh, people out here getting evicted. And if they go to court, I really doubt. Well, I, I don't doubt because I know people are shitty, but I'm sure some good judges will be like, well, it's COVID. You know, there's bills being passed and shit like that. It just changed the way the world worked. And my only other retort to, to your point, because, again, your point is absolutely correct. I'm not disputing it. I'm just adding separately. The only difference is, on a regular day, before the pandemic, they'd work four or five days a week. And they'd be at the, be at the, at the arena 10, 9, 12, 9, 10, 11, 12 hours. Yeah, they, don't, they only do their, their match. For 15 minutes, but they're still doing that. Now, yeah, you're going through this hell day, but you're only doing it for two, three days, and then you're not working for the rest of the damn month. So I mean, I like it's it 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 evens itself out. I don't and know. Again, man. I'm, I'm not, not that I don't have sympathy for them, but I but this is this I'm not I'm not enraged or disgusted by this because you got look at it in totality. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm not saying I'm enraged. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, saying that like yeah. it feels like um it just feels like a really unhealthy working conditions to be in. It, on top of the already working. unhealthy working conditions that we knew that they were in to begin with, because like yeah. we know that all of the wrestling companies were running real sloppy shops during COVID. They were mm-hmm. all running some real fucked up shit during COVID. The bigger thing, though, with these match reshoots, and they mentioned this in the interview when they were talking about the match reshoots, one of the things they were emphasizing is, as a performer, how difficult that makes it for you to, like, get into the flow of a match. Especially if you're get you're in your ring, you're doing your match, you're performing, you're doing your thing, and all of a sudden they stop you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can, can y'all redo that exchange that you literally just did? only like better and more on point now even though i've completely taken you out of it and you're not like in the same headspace anymore um and like bringing up baron corbin and otis having to reshoot a specific match three times because they wanted to like get it from different angles and they wanted them to redo certain spots and it's just like as a performer that is so fucking hard Mm-hmm. And, because and, of the type of performing that they're doing this is not like on a movie set where we're doing a stunt scene and the stunt scene is supposed to look the exact same every time and we know what it's supposed to look like no we just had a match that like a lot of it was done like we're just calling it as we do it and now you want us to like do it the exact same way again on no warning and and who's who's caring that much about an Otis and Baron Corbin match that 
that the, the fans would be that bothered if if a certain spot wasn't wasn't done exactly right. Nobody, I mean, Ray's got his hand up. If, that, know, if, if just, the caterpillar isn't done at seventy five degrees perfectly, <laughs> we got a seventy four and a half. We shoot it. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, no, the bigger no. My thought even isn't even that. My thought is that's an example of that is an example of the curse of not being live anymore, in the sense that. One of the great things of live entertainment, whether it's wrestling or live theater or any kind of live show, is sometimes people botch and they have to like improvise on the fly and rescue it and like turn it into something better. And I know in wrestling, sometimes a botch can be real dangerous and it's real fucked. But I'm talking like, no, sometimes sometimes it's funny as shit to watch you miss the hip toss and now you got to turn that hip toss into some kind of bulldog number because you didn't catch right. I cut, I cut him off and I want you to finish, but I just want to say this. Yes, but how many times have we come on these very airwaves and talked about how bad the botches were in AEW and how somebody should have fixed it? Okay, okay. Can't okay, have okay, it both okay. ways. No, 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 no. I agree. You're right. We can't have it both ways, but... I when we talk about the botches there, we're not talking about botched execution of moves. We're talking about botches in terms of like your production values are giving away too much. Your camera angle is too high angle. And so now I see Billy crouching at uh, like Billy <laughs> Maybe. crouching on one knee waiting to run into the ring for his segment. And I How should do we not, not know? see that. How do we not know that's the same problem with what WWE was saying? What, that they could see Chad Gable bending right. over. I can see Chad peeping over the top of the ring. Wait, no. <laughs> we know that's toes. not the case. We know that's not the case because Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn only wanted to reshoot a match three times because Kevin wanted to use all 15 of his cameras and he wanted to be able to incorporate every angle. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Can you do that end of days again? I didn't see Otis's face when he dipped. <laughs> Go ahead, Mags. I'm sorry, man. No, I think you 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 both make uh, great points. Uh, for me, it's just it's just the uh, a sign of just overproduction uh, mm-hmm. from on on the 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 part of WWE. Sometimes you've got to let things happen organically. This is meant to be scripted farting at the end of the day. Um, so keep running it and running it and running it till it looks perfect. It makes it it makes it stand out as scripted. Um, then botches add to the 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 program for me. I mean, not so much the botches like Cesar Bononi against uh, against um, Luchasaurus. I don't want that level of botches. But little, yeah. But just the little things. Beggars no, <laughs> can't be choosers, also, Mags. No, but I yeah. think it also I, is. I'm a hypocrite. But I, at least you're honest about it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's also more problematic for WWE because of this. Their production style is very repetitive from a match standpoint. So I don't need you to give me the perfect version of Baron Corbin versus Otis because everything about the way that you film your shows leads me to believe I'm going to be watching Baron Corbin versus Otis for the next two and a half months. 
in some form or fashion. Yeah, maybe that's why they filmed it three times, so they can spread them out over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and let me say this. We're doing a lot of jokes here, and this is a funny subject, right? Well, no, it's nothing funny about being overworked, but the, 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 there's, I, there's aspects of this funny. But let's be real. The one positive you can say is that no matter if it's Roman Reigns or it's Tamina, they care about what's on the screen. So if they'll redo Otis versus Baron Corbin that many times, you can't say they don't care, you know, because how many comes will be like, ah, we don't care about them. We just just whatever happens, whatever's on the screen is on the screen. We're about to talk about the next subject is about something that popped on that shouldn't have been on because nobody cared enough to do anything about it. Well, At least they didn't care enough to, well, to, to make sure everything looks exactly how they want it as put on the screen, even if it's at people's detriment. That, well, that's that. somewhat of a positive. Let's go ahead and get into that next topic then. Let's transition. You bring up a good, this is a good point to transition from. Um, so AEW Dynamite last week was filmed from Charlotte. And before Dynamite, they do, they film segments and matches for Dark and Dark Elevation. So one of the first segments that they filmed. Now, granted, I'm going to tell you this. They must have filmed this segment real early in the show. Because I got to that taping, like, I got there around the time doors opened. By the time I made it through the lines and everything, it was probably around 640, 645-ish. So they had to have filmed this particular segment, like, almost as soon as doors opened. Um, it was Max Caster and the Acclaimed were coming out for a match. Um, against the Varsity Blondes. Mm -hmm. And as is their gimmick, the Acclaim come out to Max Caster doing a freestyle. And Rance, do you have the lyrics to the freestyle pulled up? I do. Rance, go ahead and read this. Go ahead and read this freestyle to the people because, like, I want you to read it and then I'm going to jump in with all of the different reasons why it was not okay. Do you want me to wrap it like you wrapped it? Go ahead, I don't give a shit. The acclaim. Uh, uh, uh. uh. <laughs> I mean, you've got to say you're about 45 times. Because... Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Where's my mic? Yo. Yo, no, no disrespect. Yo. Rance, and I can, Rance and I can be the acclaimed because I'm gay, so that makes us a mixed, a mixed racial tag team. What? Uh, <laughs> I'll hold your beatbox. That's that's the funniest part about it. It's like I know Max Caster got the the, the talking part. Bowens is the star. He's <laughs> so good. He's so good. Bowens is the star. And, and when I say gay, I mean mm, his Instagram is delicious and wonderful, and I love it. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. And I I appreciate that, Anthony. Because as much as Sunny Kiss is transcendent in wrestling, because you don't see that, I appreciate we have people like Anthony and like Fred Rosser who show you that there is not one gay. You can be just oh, as masculine and be gay. You can, it doesn't I'm matter. Say this. When when uh, Anthony and Sunny hooked up on Dark in one of the matches that they had against each other, tears of joy. Bet tears Bet. of joy. Two gay black people on camera. Man, but, I can only uh, imagine how to make tears so. of joy. 
I imagine you feel the way that I felt when Kofi won at WrestleMania. It's just like you feel seen. Representation matters. Um, right? But that being said, or, or when when uh, Pete Dunne and Tyler and Tyler Bate fought for the championship at the very and, and in in Blackpool, England. I know my boy Mag stood up with that with 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 the, with, with the only they black country power fish. I took my shoe off in recognition <laughs> of Zach Gibson. Worked in Zach Gibson. <laughs> so, okay. but nevertheless, so Max Caster yes. comes out with the acclaimed and he proceeds to spit the following The acclaimed kick ass for miles, making you claim mental health like Simone Biles. The side Dells is going to pay the cost. I'm going to treat those bitches like Duke Lacrosse. The blondes say they are the best, but those dudes are faker than a PCR test. And what's that smell here in North Carolina? Oh, wait, that's Julia's. And Bowen took the mic from him. Yeah, breath, because you've been eating them croissants. That's what so... he said. <laughs> that's actually what he said. That's what Bowen said. It was brilliant. That was the best part of the whole rap. I love so... Bowen's man. We'll start with this. Obviously, they're heels, and they're trying to get heel heat. Yes. The the big part for me that, like, just hit me the worst type of way wasn't even Simone Biles, because that one, that one pissed me off. Don't get me wrong. That was real, real classless. But the Duke lacrosse joke. In Charlotte, North Carolina, you're making a joke about the Duke lacrosse case. And for those of you that are too young or just not from the region and don't know anything about it, so this was the, you know, between, I want to say around 2008, nine-ish, somewhere in that ballpark range of years, three players from the Duke lacrosse team got caught up in a sexual assault case. And it was really fucked up. Um, and the... It was one of those cases where people never really found out exactly what happened and never will find out exactly what happened because shit ends at settlements, people change their stories, mm. things get, you know, lost in confusion. But it was a really gross and, like, serious thing in the Carolinas. And it was really traumatic because it was one of those things, especially because Duke, uh, like... Duke as a university has a lot of power, but like they're also a rich uppity institution and everyone knows it. It's the parochial school. It's and a- no, Wake Forest was the parochial school. Okay. Okay. I know one of them in the area was, my bad. Yeah, Wake is parochial. The Demon Deacons. Yeah, right. That because that screams Jesus to you, right? A demon deacon, but okay. Um, well, so Duke, um, it was just, it became very much one of those cases where it's just like, oh, so these are three athletes at Duke who are getting away with some really questionable shit because of where they go to school and who they are. Um, it's not cool to bring that up. Like, it is real not cool to bring it up like it's a joke. Because it's not a joke. Like, that's real classless, dude. And then to, like, start a feud on the basis of making fun of the way that the Varsity Blondes' friend's vagina smells. And, and they cut the camera to her as well. 
whilst that line was being dropped and you could see she was so uncomfortable. And isn't she like 19, something like that? I don't think she's, she's like 19 really... years old. And she's newer to the company. She's mm-hmm. newer to the company. And Max, I, I thought Max was, was pretty young. And the way that uh, it was going on social media is oh, this young kid um, um, uh, just trying to get some old fashioned. I sincerely. He's 32 years old. This motherfucker's sin- 32. He should wear no better than this. Hope, and I sincerely hope, and I'm sure he didn't, which makes it even fucking worse. But I sincerely hope he talked to her before they went out there. Because that's the kind of with thing, reaction, like, no, even with even within entertainment, even within entertainment, that's the kind of thing, like, if Rance and I were entertainers doing a comedy show, and mm-hmm. I was going to have a segment where I was going to push some boundaries and, like, get real close to saying some questionable shit, I would warn him ahead of time, like, yo, man, yeah. I just want you to know, like, yeah. I'm going to say something that normally would probably make you have some words just run with it it's part of the show um because like especially because she's so young you can't just go out there and talk that kind of shit especially as a grown-ass man about this poor young girl like that's real fucking toxic the the only time that i know or that has been reported that he actually brought it up to somebody was when he did the Renee Young oral sessions joke in the match with Moxley. And I feel like he only did that because he had to fight that motherfucker afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moxley legit crazy. Um, I, I, well, and I mean, you so, know he doesn't care. You know he doesn't care too much about women and mental health because, like, why are you making Simone Biles jokes, bro? Yeah, but it's not even, it's the wording that he uses. Well, and this is what, uh, I'm, obviously, I'm not as uh, invested in the Duke Lacrosse stuff because. I had to look it up to find out what what went on, but that Simone Biles is the claim mental health like Simone Biles like somebody is bullshitting about their mental health. That is something that pisses me off to my very very core. People don't pretend to have mental health. It's a horrible horrible thing to go through, and you already get uh, judged and have this stigma about having mental health. And to be brave enough to come out and say I am suffering, and then have dickheads like this use it as a as a cheap pop, it's ridiculous. And then the 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 simps who are oh stop snowflaking, no, you're using somebody's real life issues. To, to get a cheap pop. It's annoying. Every time I hear somebody say something about people snowflaking, I really, my only actual response at this point is, I want you to think about who and what you're caping for. Like, mm-hmm. like really step back for a second and think about what you're caping for. Because all these times, people talking about calling other people snowflakes, I'm just like, so you mean that you're just going to stand here and cape for racism or you're going to cape for misogyny or you're going to cape for homophobia or whatever other kind of casual bigoted bullshit people are on? Like, really examine when you have the urge to call somebody a snowflake. I want you to really examine why that is. What is it that you feel so strongly that you should be allowed to say that you're willing to cape and stand for whatever bullshit behavior. Like, sit with that for a minute. I agree. It's it's ridiculous. 
Um, and I'm going to probably get into my Dave uh, Meltzer spiel pretty soon. But he cared for this as well. He did a, um, on his uh, recent uh, podcast uh, saying, uh, yeah, he listened to it. It was a bit ridiculous. Uh, but go off, do your thing. And I'm like, Dave. I mean, Forgive we all me. know. Yeah, we all know you are sucking at the AWT. We get that, but Jesus Christ! And forgive then, me if I don't. Forgive me if I don't go to the judgment of a dis, like really gross, out of touch Gen Xer for like what is and is not appropriate decorum towards women. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Women. I've got many more issues yet to bring up about Dave, but one thing I do want to address on this was big, big bad Tony Khan came out and uh, and slammed Max Caster, seeming to be like the savior. And no, 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 he's not. This was recorded last Wednesday. There was heat about this on Twitter from Thursday onwards. Tony Khan said he didn't hear it. He had no involvement in it. It went up on the YouTube channel and then was took back down and re-edited out. He said he had nothing to do with it. Bullshit. There's no way he has not seen this backlash on, on Twitter and, and just let it slide. And then he said, oh, from now on, I'm going to be taking on the editing from from um, um, uh, Dynamite and Elevation and Dark and Rampage. He's becoming the fucking Vince McMahon. Go ahead, Rance. He's doing all the Vince McMahon things. Well, let me jump in here first. And again, I, I, I don't, I'm not, right is right in my opinion, whether I like the person or not. So stick to stick up for Tony. I can't speak for what he saw on Twitter, but I, I do believe he didn't see it. Because from what I've been told by people in the know, or read from people in the know, when it comes to dark and elevation, he's not a gorilla. He's in the back doing other shit. So if you weren't in Gorilla, you wouldn't have heard it unless it was edited. And if he wasn't doing editing, he wouldn't have seen it. No, now I, I can't. I, I, I get that, but what yeah. I'm saying is this was filmed six days before it went onto the YouTube channel. No excuse. Yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 I heard about this on the Thursday. I saw the video from people's phones uh, on the Thursday. So if I've seen it, yeah. Tony Khan, he vanity searches AEW all the live long day. Cody does. Um, the books do. Somebody in, in a prominent role as as caught this and gone, we're catching some flack from this. Might want to edit that out. But no, it still went up. That's, that's, that's a horrid, horrid thing to do. You're 100%. 100%, which kind of leads into what you mentioned, that you say he's become the Vince McMahon. He always was the Vince McMahon. But He's the way he's responding to things. I appreciate that he took responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah, his job yeah. to do that. However, the 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 thing to do wasn't to say, "Well, fuck, I'll just do it all myself now." It's to get your people in line. That's what you should have done. Yeah, right? talk to Max. Talk to Max and just be like, "Yo, bro, I'm not saying I'm not saying you tell him what he can and can't rap from here on out." But what I'm saying, you at least give him a list of some parameters and just be like, yo, man, we make our guests adhere to a code of conduct that, like, we read out to them about what it is and is not acceptable behavior at the show. And it would be real beneficial for us if, like, you could at least try to make sure 
that as much as possible, your freestyles also adhere to this code of behavior. Well, I'm not talking about Max. I'm talking about the people who do their jobs who's supposed to catch this shit. We can get to Max in a second. I'm just talking about, from an editing standpoint, no different than the editor, uh, than uh, how Lagana got fired or quit his job from the NWA because Cornette said that stupid shit and it got on air. You need to get your people in line first. Mm-hmm. We ain't even talking about the talent. Get your people in line because talent will come and go. Those people are supposed to be with you, right? Number one, that's the first thing. Secondly, getting to Max, the biggest issue about all this isn't necessarily what he said. It's that he's been building up saying worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and nobody ever said anything about it. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest issue, is that he's said multiple out-of-pocket stuff, but because either it was in the pandemic and nobody was really there but wrestling, but but the people in the company, or because he always has that one, oh, moment, or something. One of the four lines it's, may have been funny. It's or something. the bodies. That's what exactly. it is. That it, 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 went, it, it kept going and going and going, which empowered him. Said, well, shit, let me go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. So at this point, your company motto and your company ideology is we don't script you. We just tell you what to say. But that's not a promo. So I can't script that because it's not a promo. You're not furthering a story. This is your entrance music. Can't script it. So you can... The autonomy is what to say, and you wonder why everything is so mi- so micromanaged in Vince's world, because these things don't happen. Mm-hmm. As for Max, not only should you know better, but you were talking earlier, Mags, about the Simone Biles line in particular, and the wording he said. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that nothing he wrote, he said or wrote, if it was a, if he did write it, it may have been a freestyle. I don't know. But I truly believe nothing that he said at that point, he had any thought about other than just to say, this is going to pop somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't think he believes Simone Biles oh, no, played not. mental health. No. No, I don't absolutely. believe, but he, but it's just whatever he can, because if we keep it in a buck, Charlotte did a very similar promo. That was scripted. And, and WWE deserves all the blame and, mm-hmm. and getting that monitor for this too, because that was a scripted promo. But she brought up Simone Biles in, in her own right in another promo. It was just low-hanging fruit. And to, to kind of finish my last thought about this, I know the, I, the thought process has always been for years, heels can say whatever they can to get heat. I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I, I do believe that heels, ha, heels can, in, in such situations, should cross the line to an extent. But what the one thing I don't believe is, you don't you you don't talk negative about people that's not that's not in the business. Like if he if he would have said if someone in the company would have had a mental health storyline, like he would have said that about Hangman, mm-hmm. it's all for because it's in the guise of the story. But when you're attacking real people for something that is an actual real issue in their life, I ain't with it. You're not popping nobody. You're not doing nobody doing anything well. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping your opponents. You're not helping the company. And those are the only three things in wrestling that matter. Getting yourself over, getting the people you're wrestling over, or your your who you're apart, apart from over, and getting the company over. And everything you did in that regard did the opposite of all three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when you need to really rethink what you're doing. One more thing. One more thing real quick, Kyle. One more thing. I'm, I'm right. sorry. I don't 
I'm not one of those people that uh, too. I don't think he should be fired. No, I don't even. Really I don't even necessarily want him to be suspended personally, but I think he has to be suspended for one reason. I am. Kyle knows me. Both of you know me very well, but Kyle knows me fantastically well. I am all about fucking consistency. And if you're gonna suspend Sammy Guevara for making rape jokes and, and that came out three years before he ever got signed, Max Caster got to go. Even if it's just for a week, just even if it's a hollow suspension, just to say we did it, you got to do something. Cause that's unacceptable. Yeah. No, I I don't disagree at all. So all right, let's transition into the final segment for this week. And the final segment for this week is a segment that recurs here on Outsider's Edge every now and then. It's a little segment that we like to call Spit Your Fire. And when I was asking about topics for this week, I asked Mags if there was anything that he desperately wanted to talk about. And he said he has some umbrage with that little shit stain, Dave Meltzer. So, Mags, you're here on the edge. Spit your fire. Tell us about all the terrible things Uncle Dave did, like charging you way too much for his shitty little magazine. <laughs> well, you don't get a penny out of me. Um, but, yeah, I've always looked at Dave as someone who, um, he'll, he's, he's not the be-all and end-all, he's not the gospel, but if he gives a match a certain rating, you can you can kind of guess it's going to be a pretty good match. But seeing as we've seen as our AW has become a thing, he's becoming more and more biased. Uh, we've all we've all seen it. Uh, he is never going to admit it, but there's always been uh, some uh, pro the elite bias there. Uh, so I don't really give him a lot of um, a, 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 I don't give him a, a lot of um, kind of a take on on what he has to say. But he's, he's uh, said a few things this, this week that have really kind of riled me. Um, firstly, he simped for um, Max Caster over the, the acclaim stuff. Uh, if you listen to the latest episode of his podcast, he goes into a long, long diatribe about uh, how um, basically everybody should, should just uh, forget about it and let Max go on and do his thing. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. He also reported this week about Ric Flair um, essentially telling Vince that uh, you have a fixed Charlotte Flair's booking or I'm going to quit, which then turned out to be uh, shot down by the man himself uh, in a post which hurts my ass to look at because he capitalised the (laughs) beginning of every single word, but essentially... Essentially, he said he requested his release because he's got some other um, um, work opportunities that would conflict with WWE. Uh, he's not upset with anything in WWE. Uh, he's, they are solely responsible for putting him in the, the, the lifestyle that he has now. He has nothing but respect and love for WWE. So Dave, again, trying to just uh, cause shit with his guessing about what happens. Um, but the the biggest issue I've had with him... Is a, I'm going back to his, his star ratings. He gave um, the star rating for the uh, um, the, um, the 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 match against Jericho and Nick Gage. Um, he gave it a four out of five, four four stars. But in his report, he said he hated the match. He disliked it to his very core. 
and the, then when he was questioned about why he was giving it a four out of five, he said it was because of the the crowd reaction. So going back on over some other uh, recent um, matches, he gave the uh, the lights out match be- between uh, Moxley and Kenny Omega a four and a half, and said he never wanted to see this match again, and it was horrific. But he gave it four and a half stars because of the crowd reaction. So that got me to thinking, what other matches have had really good crowd reactions? So Warrior versus Honky Tonk Man got a massive pop. He gave it a dud. Um, I've just Let me just pull up the ones that I've just pulled out of my arse right now. Um, Austin versus The Rock. He gave only gave that four stars, even though that had a, a way bigger uh, reaction than any AW matches has ever had. Austin versus Michaels, three stars. Um, any Daniel Bryan match. Daniel Bryan's never got a five-star match. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. He, he changes the goalposts of, of how his star ratings go because of fan reaction. Um, yeah, it's just... He keeps showing his AEW uh, bias, and it's starting to really get annoying. When you were saying you hate a match to its very core, but because it's your boys and because the fans screamed and said, this is amazing, it's suddenly uh, a four-star match. It's just ridiculous. It just invalidates, it totally invalidates his whole match rating concept. Like, Mm -hmm. if the opinion of the crowd can completely sway how you like rate and rank the match in question, then like you don't actually give a shit about how good the match is. No. And and all you're doing is stroking the ego of 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 your favorite group of wrestlers. Check this I mean, out. Hogan Check versus Warrior at WrestleMania six. One of the biggest pops in the world. Three and a half stars. But yet this match got four. Just I'm done with Dave Meltzer, essentially. I just look I'm looking up some some of the more prominent hardcore esque WWE matches in history. I'm talking about like big ones, right? Edge versus Mick Foley at WrestleMania twenty three, which isn't the greatest hardcore match of all time, but it's probably the preeminent one in WWE history, right? Under that auspice. Got the same rating as the Gage versus Chris Jericho for four stars. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, totally asinine. The 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 biggest pops in the world, and they they are named from this tag team, the the Road Warriors Pop. The match that they had at SummerSlam 1992 when they came out on fucking Harley Davidsons at Wembley. They got huge pops. That they tore the roof off at Wembley. The match got a dud. The match got a dud. And yet Nick Gage versus Jericho, which was a, a I enjoyed watching it, but it, it was very forgettable, aside from the whole Domino's bullshit. Um that got four stars. I just, I just his mindset just blows me away. You know what's funny about about the situation and how it kind of happened? If you, I'm one of the people that actually bought GCW's uh, show to watch the Cardona versus the Gage match. Mm-hmm. 
mind you, that was the same week. That was that Saturday was Cardona yeah. and Gage, and then Wednesday was Gage versus Jericho. If you watched the Cardona match, which was better because of the the uh, environment, it's the same match. So if anything, it should be lower <laughs> because it's the same exact book booked from from beginning to end. The only difference is the move is Cardona hit the Rough Rider and Jericho hit the uh, Judas Effect. It's the only difference. So yeah, man. But we, but we, I mean, around these parts, and I know you did too. But around these parts, we know Dave ain't Dave full of shit. I mean, th- what what we should do for our next segment? I know we're done with the show, but is name all the things you could do that's more positive in your life with nine ninety nine than spend it on Dave Meltzer's r- shit rag. Yeah, that is very very true. Well. Anything else, y'all? Well, no, I feel cleansed now. I feel cleansed. I mean, you know, I'm always here for a good old round of fuck Uncle Dave, because, like, <laughs> why are you paying all that money for that shitty-ass magazine? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, well, Mags, tell them about all your projects. Me and Ma- uh, me and Rance got time. Well, uh, yeah, I've got uh, plenty of irons in the fire. Um, first, I'm um, all over Radio Techers, a new project with uh, me, Tana, and uh, Matt Willis, uh, putting out content about wrestling, football, uh, all kinds of stuff. So definitely go and uh, search that up on YouTube. Uh, here on the chair shot, I do five rounds, uh, sometimes with Carlos, sometimes without. And now um, I'm on... Uh, a show that used to be called Midweek Mainstay, that used to be called Head Trauma, but now I've had to change the gimmick on that to be called Five Rounds Fallout because I've got a co-host that no-shows every goddamn week. So definitely check that. <laughs> Strike that from the record. <laughs> so definitely check that out and, and also check out uh, A Changing Attitude with me, Tana and Ori. Uh, we're absolutely loving this uh, kind of revisiting of uh, the Attitude era and going back and looking at it through 2021 hours. Uh, it's been so much fun. Yeah, we're really enjoying that. So I'll definitely come and uh, uh, tune in to Chairshot Radio and check that out. Out here telling these lies. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Tell the good people where they can find you. I got wagon nerds. Apparently everywhere except for where Mags is. I mean uh, I'm at I'm at it's Ray Cash, R-E-Y's and Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. And holla at your boy anywhere on the chair shot, anywhere the Mags is not. <laughs> Who's got the... Okay. Um, and, y'all, as you know, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. And we are a part of the ChairShot Radio Network at ChairShot Media, where you always use your head. And as always, y'all remember, we here at the Outsider's Edge are just some increasingly less young gentlemen doing literally everything we can trying to make it here in this world. Sometimes we're going to hit you with that controversial shit, like releasing Bray Wyatt is a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off. Um, And other times we're going to hit you with that, you know, real shit, like Max Caster, cross the line. You should know better. Be better, bro. Be better. 
better. But no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And you have got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, I checked. And y'all, we still just don't give a fuck. Fuck them. Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time.